Hi, and welcome to the Ethnos New Brunswick podcast. We're so glad you're joining us. Ethnos is a new organization looking to join in the holistic, community-transforming work happening in New Brunswick and Highland Park. Part of that includes thinking about the spiritual health and vitality of our community. Each week, our gathering is meant to give our community a safe and helpful place for that. Today's episode, God Cares About Places, is the second in our series called DNA, What Defines Us, with the conversation being led by our head pastor, Yukon Chu. Well, we want to transition now into our conversation uh, for the day. And as many of you know, uh, we take the rest of our time here now to take a moment and look into the teachings of Jesus for our spiritual guidance. And the reason we do this, of course, is because while we believe spiritual truth and spiritual health can be found in all different sorts of places, we do believe that there's something unique about Jesus. There's something unique about who he was, what he brought to us, how he guided us when he was here and how he continues to guide us. And what he did, specifically when he died on a cross and rose from the grave. And so we believe that it's really important for us to take a moment and reflect on his teaching as a part of our spiritual journey. And today what we're doing is um, we're getting going with this new series we have for the new year called DNA, What Defines Us? This is a series where we're taking about six weeks to reflect on the key characteristics and key ideas that we believe God has invited us into here as a community to truly define us at the core of our being. And not just us as a community, but hopefully through the series, you will see that these things are things you hope and want to define you personally as well. And so we're going to take this moment today to think about uh, part two of this DNA strand, you could say, that we hope defines us. And we want to get started with a quick little exercise. Okay, a quick little exercise. No, I'm not talking about, you know, needing to jog in place or something like that. But I want you to do something a, a little bit physical. This is more exercise than we usually do here. More, 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 more physical than we uh, usually do here. Um, I want to invite you right now. Really, this is going to sound really strange, okay? But, but bear with me. If you're a germaphobe, I apologize. You can go wash your hands after this, okay? But I want you right now, where you are, to try to make some room. Don't bonk your head on the table. I want you to just touch the ground really quickly here, okay? Just touch the ground. You can kind of pet the ground if you want. Touch, touch it. With, don't just touch it with the finger. Like, touch it with your hand. Give it a good touch. Okay? Touch it. Everyone touch it. Watch your head. Okay. Now, I want you... Okay, I saw that you touch it. That, that's good. Now, I want you to touch it again, but before you do that, I want you, as you touch it, I want you to say this phrase, God cares for this place. Just touch it and say, God cares, out loud, right? One, two, three, God cares for this place, okay? All right, just take a moment, okay? Now, I want you to take, now, exercise number two, I want you to take a look on our screens right now of this map. This is a map of New Brunswick, Highland Park what we're all about. Maybe you can find your place where you live, perhaps. Okay? We, we have Ethnos starred over here. You can probably catch the streets, right? Livingston, you see him. George, 27, you see it. I want you to just kind of find where you live or where you think you live on this map. And when you find it, just kind of give it a good look. 
You can't? You can't? It's just give it a try, right? And I want you to say this out loud. God cares for this place. Ready? One, two, three. God cares for this place. Now turn to your neighbor really quick. And for the next two minutes, answer this next question on the screen. How did you feel? What did you think as you said these things out loud? Two minutes, turn to your neighbors and uh, process this quick little exercise here this morning. All right, all right. So, as usual, we're going to take a quick little poll here and, and just talk through this as a big group. Uh, what did you think? What did you feel as you said these statements? What kind of crossed your mind? Who wants to share with the larger group here? Yeah. Get us started. Valerian said that everything God made is important. Okay. Yeah. All right. Very good. Thank you. Thank you. Saying what your sister says for her. I like that. I like that. Good. Let's give it up for Alexis. Thank you. Thank you. Not Alexis. Sorry. Shayla. Yeah. Who else? Who else wants to share? What did you think? What came to mind as you did this exercise? like playing on the negative side of things, right? Um, not on purpose. That's just how my mind likes it. Yeah, exactly. Um, so I think for me, I was kind of thinking, like, how does God, like, care for a place that's, like, not made to worship him, you know? It's made to entertain, and it's made to, um, I guess, just bring comfort in terms of, like, alcohol jokes. So it's like, how does God work in a place like this? So That's, that's a good question. Let's give it up for Jenny. Yeah, good question. Good question. What else? What else did you think? Anybody else want to share? Yeah, we'll go over here and then there. Yeah. So I said how my home and even this place is just so familiar and so part of my everyday or weekly routine that I don't often stop to think that, oh, God actually cares about these places and he thinks about them and he has a lot of purpose for them because it's so just everyday, familiar, passing through kind of feeling. No, absolutely. Thanks, Jenna. Let's give it up for Jenna. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. You're good? You're good? Okay, okay. Anybody else? Yeah? Deborah? Um, as we believe, God loves everywhere. But if we ask him to touch this place, it will be done. Okay, okay. Thank you, Miss Deborah. Let's give it up for Miss Deborah. Yeah? Anybody else here this morning? How, for, for those of you... For those of you who, who did this, and I'm, I'm, I think everyone did, I saw everyone go down and touch the floor. Um, how, how many of you felt like this was, um, this is not usually how you think about God? Let's just be honest. How many of you are like, I, I don't usually think about God loving places? Let's be honest. Okay, yeah. A number of us in this room, right? I, I think many, many times, right, when we talk about God and we, when we uh, familiarize ourselves with the teachings of Jesus, we tend to think that God cares for people, Right? That God cares for issues, that God died for people, that God loves these, these, these broken systems or issues in our world. But, but an actual physical place, that's just a little different for us. We, we just don't tend to think that way. I think there are a number of reasons we don't think that way today. Uh, some of it is somewhat, quote-unquote, philosophical. Some of you are familiar with Western Greek philosophy that separates material from immaterial things. I think that maybe does that for some of us. Uh, we also are uh, a very urbanized and globalized world, meaning you know, most of us, well, we all obviously live in an urban environment, but we also travel a lot. 
uh, in this new global world. We get information from all sorts of places. And so because of those two things, oftentimes we, we don't think about places as very uh, spiritual, perhaps, or sacred even. And so this idea that God would care for a place is not something we usually think about. My hope here today is that in the brief time we have, I hope that we can start thinking about this differently. Because my belief, as I've looked at the teachings of Jesus and the scriptures of Jesus, is that God is actually very, very concerned about places, along with people. In fact, part of God's work in our world today and in our city is to actually transform this physical place as well as the physical people in this place that we live in. And so as we take a moment now to reflect on these scriptures of Jesus and teachings of Jesus, I hope you, you, you and I will be able to open up and think through this together and process this together. And by the end of today, I hope that you and I will be able to go out of this room or maybe even mingle still in this room with a whole different perspective on what God is actually up to and what God is inviting us into as ethnic. Let's take a look at the scriptures for today. They're on your table. If you grab them, uh, you'll see some very interesting scriptures. What we've done today is uh, we've kind of taken a step back, and what I hope to do is to take you through kind of the big picture of the scriptures of Jesus. Literally, the first excerpt will be from the first opening chapters. The last excerpt will be from the last chapters of the scriptures of Jesus. And my hope is that, again, you'll see that this is a theme, this idea that God cares for places, is a theme throughout the whole thing. And again, my hope is that as we look at this, we'll be able to enter into this amazing, amazing story of transformation that God wants. Our opening excerpt is from Genesis, the first book in the scriptures, and from the second chapter. It's from an excerpt that you probably may know if you've read through the scriptures. It's the scripture where the creation of humankind is described. Note what happens as we read, okay? I'll read it, and then I'll explain some of the background to what is going on. Then the Lord God formed a man from the dust of the ground and breathed into him, into his nostrils, and breathed the breath of life. And the man became a living being. The Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to work it and take care of it. Now, this may just sound like a basic description of this story. Again, some of you are very familiar with the story, but there are some things going on behind the scenes that are very important. First of all, this was written some 4,000, 5,000 years ago in a language called Hebrew. And in the Hebrew language, the word for man, right there in the middle of this first excerpt, is actually the word Adam, right? And that's where we get the word, the name Adam and Adam and Eve, right? The first man and woman. Now, the thing with Adam, that word is actually related to another Hebrew word, Adama, which means ground and earth. And so it's really interesting that the, the name for man, Adam, is actually related to the word for earth, ground, Adama. Now, you see why it might kind of be this way, right, in this opening scripture, because God is creating the man out of the dust of the ground. Now, 
for those of you who are really into science, uh, this is not a scientific statement, okay? This is like, uh, we don't need to get into the details of like, what does this actually mean? Did man evolve from something from the ground? There's some fascinating conversations to have. We won't get into that now, but I think it's really important. But we, this is not trying to make any scientific statements. But it's just trying to give us the big picture of what's going on. Now, scholars have thought about this. Like, wait a second. The creation of humanity, in fact, even the naming of the first human being, Adam, is related to ground, earth, a place. In fact, they're put in a place, right? The Garden of Eden. What does this all mean? One, ex one scholar, and I've given the excerpt uh, there as a second paragraph, says this. And I want to read through this. We don't usually read through like academic kind of sort of excerpts here. But I want to read through this because I think this is fascinating to think about. Read with me, if you will, just kind of silently. He says this. This link between Adam and Adamah alerts us to the fact that human embodiment and place are deeply interwoven and in practice inseparable. The creaturely embodiment of human beings makes placement unavoidable. Embodied human life implies specific place. And the ordering of the content of Genesis 2 after that of chapter 1 exemplifies this. Human habitation can never straddle the whole earth. It is of, necessi it is of necessity specific. And in Genesis 2, that means the garden which God plants, namely Eden. What this scholar is trying to inform us is that the creation of humankind, according to the scriptures, is not just randomly devoid and separated from an actual physical location. It is intertwined. It goes hand in hand with a specific location. And the implication is that all of us as human beings have a unique tie to specific places. In fact, if you look at human history up until the period of modernization and especially the advent of the car, the vehicle, right? You got to remember the car is a really new thing when it comes to human beings, right? It was developed in the early 1900s. Prior to that, everyone really was located based on the town they lived in, right? Just think about in Jesus's time, for example, right? Jesus, what was his name? It wasn't just Jesus, Jesus of Nazareth, right? If you're familiar with that. Think about uh, some of you may be familiar with some of your relatives or family tree prior to the advent of the car. Think about how they were identified, where they were located. They were located by the specific place they lived in. And so this idea of place is really important just to who we are as human beings. And it's actually important to God as well. Notice these, the rest of the excerpts. In the next group of excerpts, We've included what God does when evil comes into this world. Now, again, some of you are familiar with the story, but let me just take a step back. You'll remember that God created the world, a perfect place, a beautiful place, a place of goodness and love and wholeness and harmony. Evil comes in, specifically in this thing called sin. Sin specifically is us turning our backs on God. God created us, gave us this great freedom to love him and take care of things. And we say, you know what, God? Thanks, but no thanks. We want to do things our own way. We'll try it out our own way. We think we have a better idea. And so we kind of took this path, 
And as a result, sin came into the world. And what sin did was it began to kind of just break the fabric of the world. It, it disint started this corrupting process where no longer were we getting along well with God. No longer were we getting along well with people. And no longer were we getting along well with the land. Now, God doesn't like this. God is full of love. He's full of a desire to make things good and whole. And so God began to reverse the course of sin. And he did it at first through a small group of people known as the Israelites. Many of you are familiar with the story. Jesus eventually comes through this, this small group of people known as the Israelites. But notice what God does as he works with the Israelites to bring change and transformation and redemption and restoration. He says he's going to do a lot of things through them. He says he's going to show them who he is and give them these laws that will help them exemplify who he is to this world. But he also wants to give them a piece of land as part of this. Notice the next group of scriptures. To your offspring, I will give this land. That's to the person Abraham. Notice again, stay in this land for a while, and I will be with you, and I will bless you. For to you and your descendants, I will give all these lands and will confirm the oath that I swore to your father Abraham. He tells that to Isaac, Abraham's child. And then he tells Isaac's child, Jacob, he says this, the land I gave to Abraham and Isaac, I will give to you, and I will give this land to your descendants after you. And then last but not least, um, through the Israelites, they have this interesting history where they uh, get taken over by other countries and they get exiled and taken away to foreign places. But then God is always saying, I'm going to restore you. I'm going to help you again. I'm going to take care of you. And he always brings up this issue of land. Notice the last excerpt. I will bring them back to this land. I will build them up and not tear them down. I will plant them and not uproot them. And so land is something so important. If you're taking notes or you're just kind of drawing on things, Take a moment and circle land as many times as you see it in this second excerpt. Just, just so you can visually see like, oh, this is that important. Okay? Now the question is, of course, what happens when Jesus comes? Well, it turns out Jesus, he comes to take what God was doing in is with the Israelites and basically expands it. So God was showing himself specifically in commandments, in the laws of the Jewish scriptures to the Israelites only. Jesus is like, well, I'm going to show God's heart and commandments for all of humanity. God had taught the Israelites what forgiveness was through sacrifice. Jesus is like, well, I'm going to sacrifice myself and share this with the whole of humanity. And so God, Jesus really takes what God was doing in the Israelites and expands it to the whole world. Now, how does that relate to land? Well, it's interesting when you think about what Jesus says, Jesus actually does the same thing with land and place. Notice what he says really at the beginning of his time here some 2,000 years ago. This is literally the first like sermon he gives uh, recorded in the biography of Mark. Jesus says this, the kingdom of God has come near. Now, what's, in, what's involved in a kingdom? There's a king. There's typically like a rule of law, the 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 kingdom's set of law. But every kingdom has what? Land. Right? That's what defines a kingdom. King, you know, a king, there's a king, there's a rule of law, and there's a piece of land. And so Jesus is coming and he's saying, yeah, there's a new king coming. I'm going to be that king. 
There's a new law coming. It's going to be this way of love, loving your enemies, blessing those who persecute you, this way of holiness that's totally radical and amazing. And there's going to be a new land that's a part of the kingdom. What's the land? It's all the earth. Jesus is here to bring God's love and peace through him, the king, to all the earth, to every bit of land. Not just to this like Middle Eastern property known as Israel and Palestine. No, not, not just there. It's to the whole earth now. And this is why he teaches us to pray, for example, the next, the next excerpt, our Father in heaven, right? You know this prayer, perhaps? Hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in, as it is in heaven. Notice he doesn't just say, you know, in Israel or in the Middle East. He wants it all on earth as it is in heaven. In fact, if you think about this, this is so crazy, right? Because now we're going to fast forward to the very last book in the scriptures of Jesus. Because there we see finally like, like the end picture. What will it all look like at the end? What happens when finally peace and justice and compassion and goodness finally come to our world? What's fascinating because the vision, the picture is of heaven coming literally on earth and a city coming down and establishing itself on the whole planet. Notice these last few uh, excerpts, if you will. Then I saw new heaven and a new earth. I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride, beautifully dressed for her, her husband. It's this fascinating picture of not just like, you know, sometimes some of us think heaven is this thing where, you know, we have these souls and we kind of float away. And we like join Michelangelo's like chubby little angels like floating on clouds. And it just seems like, wow, that's, that's great. Yeah, that's, that's the kind of life I want to live. Chubby angel life, you know. Um, but it's not like that. God's vision for ultimate restoration, ultimate peace, ultimate love, ultimate wholeness has to be do with this earth, this very physical place. And so what I'm trying to tell, tell you today, what I'm trying to get us to think about is how actually important this place is to God. Can you take a moment and turn to your neighbors again? And just process this out loud together. What do you agree with? What do you disagree with? What questions do you have? What doubts do you have? Two minutes, turn to your neighbors. Let's process this for a brief minute. All right, so let's take, let's take a moment and, and again, process this, process this together. Excuse me. Um, what, what are we thinking? What are we processing through um, right now? Who wants to share with us on what you're processing through? Okay, so our table was discussing that we think, we agree that God is present everywhere. Um, we believe that God is present within the people. So wherever the people are, God is there. And then we were thinking like, well, what about the ocean? People don't live in the ocean. 
but then we realize, well, there's living creatures in the ocean and there's animals in the ocean and the ocean provides us with life. So we think God is present there too. That's a good train of thought. I like that. I like that. Okay. Let's give it up for this table. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Others? What are you processing? When we did the exercise in the morning about finding your place, it's almost like, where's Waldo on the screen? I couldn't find Waldo on the screen, but I did locate uh, a place I used to live in 13 years ago. It was actually near Rutgers Village in Regency Manor, and I remember having a lot of good memories there. And uh, based off the last point, it's almost as if, you know, um, a land gives you or molds your identity. So if you don't know your roots or where you're from, then I guess a piece of your identity is lost. That's good, Jeff. Thank you. I like that. Let's give it up for Jeff. Yeah. 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 Okay, so, okay, so, okay, so we were just saying how, um, how can you look, like, how could someone who's living in a community who's, like, been through, like, poverty, like, pretty much like what she was saying earlier, like, how can you really see God at work in a community that's gone through so much? So good idea for communities who are, you know, like, doing good and prospering, but I know it would be hard for somebody who isn't going through, you know, a good time in their community. No, absolutely, absolutely, and we're going to talk about that as we close, but thank you. Let's get it from Mar Marcia, right? Marcia, let's give it up. Thank you. That's a huge question. Yeah. Anybody else? Place. Anybody else? What are you processing? Okay, last one here. that for me personally, that's why I've always kind of like talked about the roads like in this sort of way. It's like a lot of us, especially like in high school, always talk about like when we go to college, we're always striving to get out of New Brunswick um, and just like go somewhere else, right? And then in the future, like maybe take our families with us and just leave whatever this is. Um, but I think that, you know, my goals have never shaped that way. It's always been like, you know, like let's stay here and let's try to make this place a better place than it already is instead of just trying to run away from it and just leaving it in the state of it. Like, we do have power to change things. And so I think it's very important to realize, like, yeah, like, let's put a little bit of our effort, even if we're just here for a little, like, two years, like, let's try to make this place in its entirety a better place because there is potential here. Now let's give it up for Jenny. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. So I think the question is, what do we, yeah, what do we do, number one, with, with all this, information. But then number two, you know, what do we do, especially if we feel like the place we live, whether it be New Brunswick, Highland Park, whether it be a specific street, the high school we go to, the workplace we're at, this comedy club, whatever it is, what if that place isn't very good? What if that place seems off-center, off, misaligned with the good things of Jesus? Well, it's interesting to note one more excerpt here. If you would take a look with me uh, at, at your sheet. The last excerpt makes it really clear that the reason why this heavenly city, when it's come on earth, the reason why it's so amazing and so beautiful is because of God. Specifically because of God and his work through Jesus. Notice this last description. Uh, of the city. He says this, I did not see a temple in the city because the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb, that's a reference to Jesus, 
are its temple. The city does not need the sun or the moon to shine on it, for the glory of God gives it light, and the Lamb is its lamp. Now, what is this actually trying to say? Well, think about this really quick. A temple, right, is a place where you meet God or God meets people. What it's trying to say, this, this city doesn't need that because God and Jesus, like, are just readily accessible, present, available there, just there. And what does light do? Light gives you guidance. Light kind of allows you to see the beauty of a place. Light, light brings insight and revelation. Why does this place not need any light? Well, because God and Jesus are its light. What it's trying to tell us is really the key of a transformed city and a transformed planet when all is said and done is God and his work through Jesus. And that makes sense, right, if we think about it. Because the reality is, as we think about our cities, first of all, our city, any city, is no, no city is perfect, right? Second of all, no place is perfect. Even the best manicured houses or streets around here, right? The, I know next to St. Peter's, right, there's some nice houses over there for New Brunswick. Rutgers Village, a lot of people want to go there. Highland Park, a lot of people want to go there. Even the best places are still broken. They're still not perfect. Especially after these snowplows get through this place, right? New potholes <laughs> will just come up. You know, it's, it's never going to be perfect. And, and the people of the place are never going to be perfect, right? And we all know this because we live in this city. We know we're not perfect. And see, here's the thing. We, we know, we've heard before here, hopefully, that Jesus, yes, transforms us as people. Jesus, when he died on a cross, rose from the grave, he forgave us of our sins. He broke the power of sin, that, 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 that kind of evil within us that keeps saying thanks but no thanks to God and keeps trying to do things our own way and keeps messing up. God is saying, no, no, I want to I bless you. I want to help you. I want to give you all that you need to actually live a good life. Just come to me, right? And we, so we know Jesus does that for us. But did you know that Jesus is also wanting to do that for the city and this actual place? And he wants to do that ultimately through people that are transformed. Thank you. This table, you guys talked about how God is present in cities through people. That's, that's, that is definitely one of the ways he's present. And so th this is what I'd like for us to do um, as, as kind of like a homework assignment for, for this series in this next week. You know, every week we've kind of just kind of given a new assignment, so to speak, to, to really understand what our DNA is and try to live out the DNA that we believe we are supposed to have here as a community and us as individuals. I, I want you to try to do this assignment twice this week. What is the assignment? It's very simple. It's what I call a vision walk. A vision walk. You can spend as little as 10 minutes doing this. You can spend an hour doing this. You know, pick, pick, your, pick your time frame. But what, what is, what's involved in a vision walk is simply this. I want you to just walk around somewhere that you are present in, whether it be your workplace, your school, your neighborhood. Definitely one of the times, do your neighborhood. I think it's really important. 
And I want you to just simply ask this question. It's a very simple assignment. God, what do you think and feel about this place? Very simple. So you may do, be doing this uh, at your high school. High schoolers, middle schoolers. You may be walking through New Brunswick High School. I, I, I know we have some Franklin High School people here today too. You know, like you may be just walking through it. And you know, you're walking by that classroom that you know you want to avoid. You know, you're walking down that hallway where you think of, oh, yeah, this is where that happened, and she said that, and he said this, and that fight broke up, whatever it is. Don't think those things right away, please. Ask the question, God, what do you think and feel about this place? You may be pulling up to your driveway. You may be walking back home, up your porch. You may be walking out, noticing the pothole again and whatever it is. The part of the curb that's broken off. I have definitely one of those right in front of my house. Don't think about that right away. Ask the question, God, what do you think about this place? And I have a feeling if, if we can do this more and more, I, if we just do this for a week, I have a feeling that something will change. Something will change about you and I. Something will change about us as we continue this journey of trying to love our city. And something will change about our city. Because here's the deal. You know, it's one thing, right, to care about your own property. Those of you who rent out a place or have your own home or something like that, we're always thinking about that, right? You're like, oh, man, I hope this doesn't break or I hope this keeps working or I hope my lawn, whatever. You know, it's easy to think about ourselves, even when it comes to place. I'm sure Vinny, who owns this place, he's awesome. Vinny has been so good to us as we use this space. I know Vinny thinks about this place all the time. Right? Did you notice he already has Valentine decorations up? I'm like, Vinny, you're like way too early, man. Like Valentine's Day, why are we thinking about it? Anyways, so Vinny cares for this place because it's his. But what happens when we start to think about things that don't belong to us? What happens when we walk out into our schools, into our workplaces, on our streets? That pothole, yeah, it technically isn't your problem. But what if God is saying, no, it's actually something I want to make your problem. I want you to care about that pothole. What might happen? And our hearts begin to open up. Can you join me in the final word of prayer here this morning? God, we thank you that this song is true, that it relates to our own personal journeys, our family's journeys with you, that you do take broken things in our lives and you make them new. But we thank you that it's also true for places, that as we think about our streets, our schools, the city, the Raritan River, that God, one day this, every physical space will be made new as well. And you're inviting us even now to see the spaces differently, to join you in the transformation of these places. Would you help us this week as we walk around in our neighborhoods, workplaces, schools, as we pray this prayer, as we ask this simple question, what do you think, what do you feel? 
would you, I mean, would you blow us away? Would you show us things we could have never imagined and invite us into something amazing and beautiful and radical? Thank you, God, for this time. And it's in Jesus' name. Thanks again for joining us for today's conversation. For more information about Ethnos in Brunswick, visit us at ethnosmb.com.